Hello and welcome to the FT Advisor podcast, the new weekly podcast series brought to you by FT Advisor. Each week we'll be joined by a guest from the industry to discuss the week in news. I'm Ellie Duncan, Features Editor of FT Advisor and Financial Advisor. Joining me today is Mark Neal, Chief Executive of the Financial Services Compensation Scheme. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you for joining me for the second in the new series of podcasts. In October last year, you announced that after nine years at the helm of the FSCS, you would be stepping down as Chief Executive in May this year. So why do you feel it's it's the right time to leave the organisation? Well, for two main reasons, Ellie. One is that after nine years at FSCS, nine years I've hugely enjoyed, I would like to do something new and uh, different. But also I do feel that any organisation needs new leadership after nine years. Not so much because you know the existing leader has run out of um, energy or commitment, but because you just need new perspectives and new ideas. And do you feel you're leaving the organisation having achieved what you set out to sort of nine years ago? I think we've come a, a, a huge distance, Ellie. Um, when you think about uh, 2010, when I took over as chief executive, we were in the midst of dealing with the aftermath of the financial crisis. And the challenge, I think, then was to ensure that FSCS, which had a very good crisis, but more through brilliant improvisation than because it had industrial strength capability. The challenge was to put in place that industrial strength capability. And now the financial services compensation scheme can pay out depositors in a failing bank or building society or credit union within seven days. We now have a an online claim system that enables our customers to come to us online and over 90% choose to do so. And that enables us to be much more efficient in our handling of claims um, and to provide a much, much better service to our customers. Now, the FSCS levy has been something of a contentious issue among advisors who aren't always happy with having to bear the cost of poor advice sort of given by a minority. Uh, what do you have to say about that? Well, I, I do very much understand where advisors are coming from, uh, Ellie. Um, it is the nature of a pay-as-you-go funding system like ours that it is very unpredictable and volatile. And I do absolutely understand that for small businesses in particular, that's quite hard to hard to contend with. And yet we and the Financial um, Conduct Authority have looked hard at the funding system over the years. The FCA has just announced some reforms to that system which will actually spread the burden of the FSCS levy over a slightly broader base. But I'm also very pleased that the FCA is continuing to look at the scope for what is known in the trade as risk-based levies. In other words, uh, you know, adjusting the levies to reflect the risk that different firms present to FSCS. And I have always thought that that was the right thing to do provided you could find a clear and transparent way of reflecting risk in the funding methodology. Now, I understand you've helped shape the FSCS's strategy for 2020. So what can advisors expect from that? Well, um, let me first of all just say what the kind of four pillars of the strategy are. They combine a lot of continuity with the past, but also with, with some new departures. So um, prepare is the first pillar of the strategy, and that goes to... FSCS's ability to respond to 
major failures or a, another crisis. So ensuring that we can respond if banks or building societies get into difficulty, but also insurance companies and major investment businesses. Then protect is absolutely continuity. It's about ensuring that we can provide an outstanding service to our customers, which enables them to put their lives back on track. We want to continue, thirdly, to promote um, FSCS's protection. Um, that's very important for banks and building societies and credit unions because people need to be sure that if they hear that a bank or building society is in difficulty, that their money is safe. They don't need to queue outside the branch to get it to get it back. But also we've added um, a fourth very important pillar, which I think will uh, you know, go to some of the concerns of advisors, namely prevent we want to ensure that FSCS is doing um, everything that it can to prevent firms failing in the first place. And we want to do that by engaging with the regulators to share our insights into why firms are failing and the risks um, to consumers. But also we want to be much better and more systematic about sharing intelligence about the directors and advisors who've been involved in mis-selling so that they can't simply reinvent themselves um, and establish new businesses uh, and present further risks to um, FSCS and to the advisors who pay for our service. So does that mean there's going to be a bit more sort of joined up thinking then between you, the FCA and other parts of the industry? That's very much the idea. Um, uh, more joined up thinking, I think, because we already do plenty of uh, uh, joined up thinking. We are uh, you know, in a good relationship. We engage um on a regular basis, but we need to be more systematic about the sharing of intelligence um, and ensuring that that intelligence is actionable by our partners in the regulators. So let's come on to one of our main stories this week in Financial Advisor. It's our page six story in this week's issue, and it's written by Deputy Editor Damien Fantato. It's all about the British Steel Pension Scheme and the fact the FSCS has changed the way it calculates the compensation paid to some of those workers. We discussed in last week's podcast just why the British Steel pension transfer story was so big last year. So can you explain up until now how that compensation has been calculated? Yes, I mean, the first thing to say, Ellie, is that we have huge sympathy for members of the British Steel pension scheme who have been very, very badly let down by the advisors, um, particularly a firm called Active, Active Wealth, now kind of out of business, which is why British Steel pension scheme members have claims to to FSCS. Um, and we have looked hard at our methodology for calculating the compensation due to members of the scheme to ensure that it is um, it is as fair and full as we can make it within our within our rules. So we've done a couple of things to respond to the um, representations made to us. One is to ensure that we use up to date values for the fund into which um, the BSPS members were advised to put their retirement savings. Um, we want to ensure that when we make the calculation of compensation, we are using uh, up-to-date uh, up values. Uh, and the second thing we've agreed to do is um, where members still have their retirement savings in the fund that they were misadvised to transfer into, we will pay for the costs of an advisor to uh, give them you know, 
fresh advice about whether they should leave their money there or, or move it on to, to new investments. So do you have a certain amount, an estimate then, that you expect to pay out in compensation this year? Um, well, uh, we don't have an estimate for the British Steel pension scheme in particular. We, we will pay whatever is whatever is due up to our our limit, which for BSPS members will will continue to be for fifty thousand fifty thousand pounds. But you know we've we've already um, paid out to BSPS members well over two hundred thousand pounds in in compensation. So um, can you just explain a little bit about um, how you, you came to kind of recalculate that figure? And what was it that kind of um, made you think it needed updating in the first place? Well, um, the representatives of the British Steel Pension Scheme members and the members of Parliament representing um, them um, made a series of um, proposals to us um, about the methods we were using to uh, calculate compensation at the FSCS, we are always ready to revisit our approach. And in those two respects I described, we kind of believed that uh, there was a good case for um, revisiting our approach. In one or two other places, um, we felt that we couldn't go as far as um, BSPS members would have liked um, because we need to be fair to all those people we've compensated for uh, defined benefit pension transfers. Um, and um, we didn't feel that we could uh, adopt a new methodology for members of the British Steel Pension Scheme in particular, where they shared characteristics with many of other uh, people whom we've compensated. And so what is the process for those that, that feel like they, they might have a case for, for compensation? Well, uh, many members of the British Steel um, Pension Scheme have already made um, applications to us and where they've done that, we will automatically revisit um, their claims to see whether as a result of the changes um, we've announced, um, they should uh, receive some further compensation. Um, and uh, through uh, their members of parliament, we've encouraged um, other members of the British Steel Pension Scheme who have yet to make claims to us but who were advised by Active Wealth, we've encouraged them to come direct to us um, because clearly we provide a free service. Um, we will provide help and advice to um, people who come to us. We don't want to see um, those members, um, uh, unless they really feel they must go to a, a representative, go through a claims management company and hence lose a significant um, slice of their compensation. Yes, that is the fear, I suppose, uh, that claims management companies will swoop in, as they have done with, with other sort of areas of the advice industry, haven't they? They have, and as we make uh, very clear, um, whenever we have the opportunity, FSCS provides a free service. People can always seek our help in completing our applications uh, to us on our helpline. Um, and you know, we do feel that uh, there is uh, no strong need to go to a claims management company which in many cases is acting simply as a post box. So finally, this week saw the publication of the Heath Report 3, a 50-page report that paints a picture of the health of the advice industry. It's produced by Gary Heath, Director General of Trade Body Libertatum. I'm not sure if you've seen the report, Mark, but um, it reveals some concerns about the number of advisors that are set to exit the industry over the next few years. So while advisor numbers were up between 2015 and 2017, uh, the report also flags just how many advisors plan to retire in the next five years. 
So Mr Heath has proposed recruiting more advisors through a project called Advisor Train. Um, But I was wondering what you think the industry can do to address this problem. Is Mm. there kind of one solution? I suppose the first thing to say, Ellie, is that we've we've talked um, a good deal in this interview about some of the things that have gone wrong. But clearly, the great majority of people who go to financial advisors receive very sound and professional um, advice. So this is an important um, industry that serves an important important need, particularly as people now um, face you know, much more choice in investing their retirement savings. And I think a, a point I would want to make about the supply of advisors is that you know, our research shows that um, too few people currently understand that FSCS does protect them if they use a regulated financial advisor and their propensity to use financial advisors rises when they know about FSCS protection. So um, the Heath report is is one part of the uh, one part of the solution to the industry's future, but another part of the issue of the supply of advisors is around ensuring that uh, the public do know more about FSCS protection. And that's an important part of our strategy for the the 2020s. And of course, the industry itself is an attractive industry, isn't it? So it should be able to recruit uh, people from uh, a broad broad spectrum and and from many backgrounds, shouldn't it? It should indeed. And I think it's a very rewarding industry because there are many people who do need advice people who are vulnerable, people who um, are very bewildered and daunted by financial services and financial products. And I think providing those uh, members of the public with good advice about how they can achieve their financial objectives is um, both rewarding and important. Thanks very much, Mark. And do join us at the same time next week for another FT Advisor podcast. Thanks for listening. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.